and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one steely page of Talmud a day. And today's daf, Tanit 18, we see war. Have a listen. Nicanor was one of the generals in the Greek army, and each and every day he would wave his hand over Judea and Jerusalem and say, when will this city fall into my hands and I shall trample it? And when the Hasmonean monarchy overcame the Greeks and emerged victorious over them, they killed Nicanor in battle, cut off his thumbs and big toes, and hung them on the gates of Jerusalem, saying, the mouth that spoke with pride and the hands that waved over Jerusalem. May vengeance be taken against them. This occurred on the 13th of Adar. What a bloody tale of war and vengeance and bloodshed, which raises a lot of pertinent questions, which we ask ourselves every time modern-day Israel finds itself in conflict, which sadly is too often these days, which is why I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming one of my absolute favorite scholars, Jonathan Chancer, Senior Vice President for Research at the Great Foundation for Defense of Democracies and the author of Gaza Conflict 2021, Hamas, Israel, and 11 Days of War. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Now, we read in, in today's page of Talmud about war, morality, vengeance, and it seems to me that these conversations about the limits of war, about morality, about how far should we go, about what constitutes uh, some kind of moral violation in a time of armed conflict, are still very much questions that we ask ourselves when we talk about modern-day conflicts, especially the most recent one between Israel and Gaza, right? Absolutely. So the Israelis, it's really remarkable. They continue to take a huge amount of heat from the international community and certainly from a number of its enemies you know, where the accusations are flying that Israel is engaging in war crimes. And more often than not, the focus has been on the lopsided casualty numbers, the numbers of, of enemy combatants killed during, for example, the most recent war in Gaza. There were roughly 200 that were killed versus the, you know, less than a dozen casualties on the Israeli side. And Israel's enemies have tried to use that as proof that Israel is waging a, a vicious war, that it is engaging in war crimes. Of course, nothing is further than the truth. A couple of things to think about when we talk about Israel's way of war. The first is that Israel is constantly shooting down rockets that are themselves war crimes because they're, they're unguided rockets that are blindly fired into Israeli civilian population centers. But the Israelis knock them out of the sky with Iron Dome. And in the process, they actually save the lives of Israelis and Arabs inside of Israel, but they also save lives on the Hamas side. How does that happen? Well, basically, by preventing strikes inside Israel, it gives the Israeli war planners and the IDF a little bit more time and space. They don't feel the need to invade. They don't feel the need to respond with overwhelming force, but rather with surgical strikes that target those that are specifically trying to do harm to Israel. And that has actually kept the numbers down remarkably. And of course, every loss of life is tragic. But the fact that you could have 11 days of conflict and only 200 some casualties with the sheer number of rockets and bombs that were flying is a testament to Israel's very careful way of war. The other thing that I'll just note is that, you know, there was one moment during the conflict, and I talk about this at length in my book, where Israel took out an entire building 
in the Gaza Strip. The Israelis found out that there was some sort of Hamas office in a large tower in the Gaza Strip that was trying to jam Iron Dome, this incredible life-saving technology. And the Israelis um, announced that they were going to destroy the building. And, and really, again, a testament to the way that Israel fights wars. They warned everyone in the building in advance. Um, they called the owners. The owners went from floor to floor and told everybody that they needed to evacuate. They notified all of the cell phones within a very specific area. So within a half of a, a square kilometer, they were able to, to identify all the phones that were active and sent messages telling them to evacuate. Then they deployed a knock-knock bomb on the roof, uh, again, warning everybody to get out, then destroyed the building, and there were zero casualties. Zero. And so you get a sense of how Israel fights wars. It's trying to actually target the bad guys and keep civilians out of harm's way. So despite the angry vitriol that we hear from Israel's enemies, Israel has actually fought very humane conflicts, usually, I mean, in this case, conflicts that Israel doesn't start. And actually, this was something that was even seeded by a, an official from the UN Relief and Works Agency, UNRWA, the, the so-called refugee agency for the Palestinians. One of the officials said that Israel, in fact, fought a very surgical war and cut down on those civilian casualties. A very long way, in other words, from uh, cutting down toes and displaying them at the city gate. <laughs> yes. Why is it, as someone who, who researches this subject for a living and puts out these tremendously informative and, and, and moving accounts of what really happened. Why is it that this kind of moral misinformation, for lack of a better term, keeps popping up? Why is it that the narrative that so many of us hear so often is, oh, you know, Israel is uh, an unjust aggressor? To be frank, I think some of it is just flat out anti-Semitism. It's holding the only Jewish state in the world to different standards, you know, while, while sort of shrugging or, or turning a blind eye to actual war crimes being carried out by the likes of China, for example, and the Xinjiang province where 2 million Uyghur Muslims are being horribly mistreated. So I think there's the double standard component of this, which is absolutely you know, an effort to vilify the Jewish state. But also, I think it's, it's fair to say that the media environment here in the United States when it comes to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is just a food fight. There are you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people reporting on this. There's a lot of noise. It is, I think, oftentimes an attempt on the part of Israel's enemies to dominate that narrative and, um, and to put out misinformation with the intent of weakening Israel's will on the battlefield. If you want to know what really happened in the Gaza conflict of 2021, I strongly, warmly, wholeheartedly recommend Gaza Conflict 2021 from our guest today, Jonathan Shanzer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia, with help from Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi 
or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.